Ty J. Spears. Gets it again here, looking for the cutback, and he's lost at midfield. Look at Spears inside the 40. He hurdles his own guy, and Spears is gone. Touchdown, Tulane. We talked about the counter. They love it. Will Wallace, the tight end, is going to pull back across and get a key block. And then the rest is this Tajay Spears being outstanding. Making people miss, running through on tackles. So good in the open field. Hello and welcome back to the Dynasty Zoltan podcast. I am here today with another prospect preview and today I'll be talking about Tajay Spears and I'm very excited to be joined by the guy I've been following for quite a while, Garrett Price. How's it going? It's going well, man. How are you? Good, good. Going pretty well myself. Uh, Before we get too far into Tajay Spears, you want to uh, tell everyone where they can find some of your work if they don't know already? Yeah, yeah. All of my stuff is over uh, with Dynasty Nerds. So I'm on the Dynasty Nerds podcast. Uh, You can head to the website. You can find uh, a lot of different uh, things as far as the nerd score and stuff that uh, have my fingerprints on them. Uh, And then if you want to find me on Twitter and interact with me there, you can find me at Dynasty Price. Yeah, absolutely. And I've been a subscriber to Dynasty Nerds for a while. That's where I get a lot of my film. They have some great All-22 film on there, as well as, of course, their uh, nerd score rankings and stuff of all of their different prospects. So definitely check that out. Um, Without further ado, let's uh, let's get into Tajay Spears, um, three-star recruit from Louisiana. Uh, Tajay had no Power 5 offers, wasn't a really highly touted player coming out of high school. Um, I actually went back and looked at some of his high school numbers earlier today and his senior year, he had almost as many receiving yards as rushing yards, 880 receiving yards, 920 rushing yards. So kind of interesting numbers to look back at there. Uh, But he came in, came into Tulane, was having a pretty good sophomore season, had 274 yards in his first game before he tore his ACL in 2020, which really set him back a little bit. Um, and then of course, Tajay Spears had the giant 2022 with 1600 rushing yards, averaging seven yards of carry really put him on the map. Um, so looking at some of Tajay Spears numbers, what, what do you kind of think of him from a, from a basic production standpoint, also factoring in his size and some of his combine numbers and stuff like that? Yeah, he actually weighed in a little bit better than I thought he 201 at the combine 204 at the senior bowl. Uh, so I was really hoping he was going to cross cross the 200-pound threshold, but yeah. I wasn't sure if he would. Uh, so when I saw that, and then it was confirmed again by the combine, he is a 200-plus pound back. So that was that was really, really big for me to see uh, him be able to, to, to cross that threshold. Uh, we saw good numbers from his, his uh, pro day at Tulane. Uh, even some of his burst numbers as far as long jump and, and, and vertical and things like that at the combine were really good. So all of his numbers were fantastic. And then just the the monster, absolute monster season uh, that he had this year, just putting up ridiculous numbers. I mean, almost 1,600 yards on the ground, 19 touchdowns, another 250 through the air, two touchdowns, so 21 total touchdowns. I mean, those are just really, really good numbers, uh, especially in a class where, you know, we, we have some players that we like, but they don't always have the production that you would like to see this guy definitely backs up his his tape with production 
Yeah, absolutely. He does. And, you know, it's, it's tough to evaluate a guy like Spears coming out of a non-Power 5 conference. He's not an early declare, although I think a lot of that can be chalked up to that ACL that he tore in 2020, uh, kind of basically set back his whole career a year at that point. But it is great to see the athleticism and that weight was huge for me. Came in at 5'10", 201. Um, As you said, uh, 39-inch vertical, 10-foot, 5-inch broad jump. Clearly a lot of what he showed on film, which we're going to be getting into in detail, uh, came out in the athletic testing, which, you know, I'm always going to value the film over the athletic testing, but it's always good to get kind of that affirmation that what you saw on tape was real, especially for a guy who was at Tulane going against, you know, weaker competition than a lot of the other backs in this class. Yeah, no, absolutely. He, he, uh, he, he proved it, man. He, he absolutely proved it. Yeah, and definitely deserves to be talked about. You know, he's he's being talked about right now in the third round, give or take. We'll get into that a bit later on whether we think that's a you know good evaluation for him. But um, he was able to, I mean, Tulane was a top 20 team for a lot of the season. Um, and he was really the workhorse uh, on that team and by far the best player there. Um, so let's get in a bit to some of his strengths that you saw on the film. Um, first of all, when, uh, I, I know you, but you do both film and analytics, but what's kind of your priority when you're evaluating these rookies? I definitely lean film. Uh, I am a, a guy that played uh, a bit of college football. Uh, so used to being in the locker room, watching tape, uh, things like that. So that's, that's definitely where I feel most comfortable and that's where, you know, you mentioned the nerd score earlier. That's where we get the nerd score is it's our, it's our tape evaluation. So uh, I think it's, uh, I think it's wrong to ignore the analytics side of things. Uh, but for me, most of my juice is going to come from watching the tape. Absolutely. So when, when you were watching the tape, what did you see from uh, Spears? Saw a lot of things I really liked. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you asked me earlier, you know, what, what guy I want to cover. And I did, uh, I did one where I, I, I covered Sean Tucker for somebody else. And that wasn't as fun of an experience for me. You know, I didn't get to wax poetic about a guy that I loved. But yeah. uh, here, here I get to talk about a player that I saw a lot of things that were really promising traits on the field. And one of those, and, and probably the, the best trait, if I had to, if I had to, singularly highlight one is his elusiveness he is one of the most elusive runners i've scouted in my time doing this and this will be uh my fourth class now uh evaluating these prospects and in the nerd score i gave him a 9.5 out of 10 which is really hard to do uh he is that elusive he is that elite uh he he can make guys missed in a just variety of different ways whether it's with a dead leg, whether with it's a spin, whether it's, I mean, he, he can make guys miss. You see him even ducking under tackles. It's just, it's really, really entertaining to watch him uh, work specifically in the open field. But for a guy that doesn't, uh, it still isn't a huge back. He, he packs a decent punch, can break tackles uh, with, with relative ease, especially arm tackles are, are not going to bring him down real good receiving back uh really liked what i saw out of him as far as, as catching passes decent i, I don't want to say elite speed i think he's got solid speed more than enough to break away some long runs but i don't think that's where you know when you see some of the other backs in the class like an a chain or a gibbs he's not in that that tier as far as speed goes but 
more than adequate in that area. We saw the, the I believe it was a four four seven uh, at his pro day, so uh, more than adequate in in that area uh, as well. And then his vision. I think he has really good vision, uh, not only at the point of attack at the line of scrimmage, um, being able to diagnose uh, the, the running lanes, but specifically, once again, open field is where he really thrives. So uh, being able to just manipulate defenders, uh, shift his weight so quickly that it puts the defenders on their heels and they're they're not able uh, to make good, solid wrap-ups. So I just thoroughly enjoyed my time watching Spears. Yeah, absolutely. And I love having people on here talking about their favorite prospects because you really get, you know, the passion and uh, a lot of the pros of what the players bring. And for me, Tajay Spears, it all starts with the elusiveness as well. Um, Like you, I've been scouting. This is actually my uh, sixth class, but I've been scouting since 2018. Um, And Tajay Spears is my third ranked player in elusiveness since then behind only Bijan and Saquon Barkley. So could not agree more. I mean, his... His ability to string together juke moves is what I love about it. There's a lot of players who can make the first guy miss, but then actually Sean Tucker is a guy like this where it then takes him another second to get up into that second acceleration. Um, he's, you know, couldn't make a guy miss, but he's only going to gain a few extra yards about uh, after it. Tajay Spears is the type of guy where he can string together several juke moves. He's not going to slow down at all. Um, he doesn't even, you know, break the tackle. Oftentimes he's just untouched because he's that elusive in terms of his lateral agility. Um, he has a variety of different moves as well. It's not only the juke. He has the ability, like you said, to duck under tackles. He had a couple spin moves thrown in there. Um, he has the dead leg that he can do, especially in open field. Um, and he is just an absolute weapon when it comes to uh, breaking tackles in space. Um, and, you know, both of our film grades affirm that, but looking at some of his uh, uh, analytics numbers as well, 97th percentile in elusive rating, 96th percentile in yards after contact per attempts, 93rd percentile in yards per attempt. These numbers just really reaffirm how difficult it is to bring down Tajay Spears and how he can really create you know, he turns five yard gains into 50 yard gains and he turns zero yard gains into five yard gains. And having both of those abilities really makes him kind of a high floor and high ceiling runner. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm really you know, you mentioned the third round uh, draft capital, and I'm I'm really curious to see where he goes in the NFL draft, because I, I think that's a fair evaluation. I think, you know, yeah. mid third is is a fair spot for him, especially considering, you know, the smaller school, the recovering from the ACL, uh, all of that kind of stuff, not being your prototype size back uh, necessarily. I think that's fair, but he does certain things special uh, that sometimes teams are looking for a guy that can do certain things well. Um, So it would not shock me in the least if he jumped into the end of the second round. Now, you know, you, you're always kind of like the midpoint is like, I expect this. It could go a little bit lower, could go a little bit higher. Whereas it wouldn't shock me if he jumps into the end of the second round, I would be absolutely floored if he falls to the fourth. I yeah. I just don't see that happening. I do think he will be taken on day two. 
Yeah, and I completely agree with that. I mean, you think you see all the love that he gets on Twitter and from a lot of the film guys, and there's going to be a team that falls in love with him enough to take him, you know, in the 90s if that's where he falls to. Uh, but I do think he's pretty well locked in as a day three, as a day two guy, probably round three. But like you said, I could see him jumping up into round two. Um, getting back to the film a little bit, you mentioned that you really did like his uh, patience, uh, or sorry, his vision. And that's something I wanted to discuss with you. I was a little bit lower on that personally. I, mm-hmm. I think that Spears, he, he had the ability, what I really did like about him was his ability to set up blocks and especially to cut back or to cut up, especially on outside zone runs. I thought he was excellent at that. But sometimes he did struggle with his decisiveness, especially on inside runs. There was a little bit of, you know, pitter pattering in the backfield I saw at times. Um, I graded him as a six in terms of his vision, uh, which is, you know, about average, slightly above average, certainly not bad. Uh, But what did you see as far as his uh, vision and, you know, decision making on tape? So I, I don't think I was drastically higher. So for us, an average NFL running back gets a six. Okay. Um, so and he got a seven for me. So I don't think he's drastically better than you know average running backs at the NFL level. Um, but I do think he he sees and anticipates things well. And especially I, I like I like being able to see guys in in zone blocking schemes uh, because in man or gap, you know, there, there's an assigned area where they have to go. So it's really hard to tell how well they're really doing there, or is it just it was blocked well and they followed their blocks and, and and they're good to go. You know, you can, you could get a much better feel for vision uh, with these zone guys. And so there was a lot of times where I thought he anticipated. Well, I do agree that I think he was a little bit better at the outside zone uh, than, than the inside zone stuff. Uh, But with, with what he does well, which is making guys miss. I think he set himself up, whether that was, uh, inside or outside, I think he always set himself up to at least have the opportunity to make guys miss. Whereas others you see, they they don't do a good job of like pressing the line of scrimmage and then go. He pressed real well. And then, yeah, sometimes there would be times where guys would get it and, and that happens. But for the most part, he was able to press and then slow, slow, slow to the hole and then go. Once you find the hole, then go. I thought he did that pretty well. Yeah, and I, I do agree with that. I mean, you you mentioned his long speed earlier is what I would say good, not great. You know, he's around yep. that four or five range, but I found that his burst and his first and second step uh, were quite good. He was able to get to top speed quickly, um, hit some of the smaller holes. He He was really good at getting skinny through those holes. And like we mentioned earlier, maintaining his balance, he keeps his feet really low, which I like, which gives him the ability to make quick adjustments to the lane and make quick juke mm-hmm. moves, whatever it may be. Um, so definitely a skill of Tajay Spears. Uh, definitely one of his weaknesses, if we want to move on to talk about some of sure. those, would be his power and his strength and just his general ability to push the pile. Um, yeah. Not he's a competitive runner. It has nothing to do with that. I think he he's pretty strong given his frame. Um, but, you know, he weighs 201 pounds. Uh, he's definitely not going to push the pile. He does, I notice, run with a little bit high pad level at times, uh, which probably improves his agility, which is his strength, but can sometimes result in him not falling forward. What, what did you see on tape from that? And do you think he's going to be limited to more of a, you know, third down scat back role because of it? 
I think, you know, we've seen a few running backs recently that have been in the in the 200 to 210 pound range that have fared just fine uh, as far as being more or less featured back. Uh, you know, a, a guy like J.K. Dobbins, I believe he weighed in at 207. Um, so, you know, not a drastic difference between him and, and a guy like Spears. Both guys went a lot with elusiveness, um, but pack enough of a punch. And, and you're right. He, he is never going to be a power back. That is never going to be something where you're like, wow, that guy, man, he just trucked that guy. And, yeah. you know, like that's just that's just not going to be him. But I do think he's adequate enough that I, I think he's meeting a standard of an NFL running back um, in, in that area. I also didn't have him uh, super high for uh, breaking tackles. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I gave him better scores for contact balance than, than breaking tackles. And, you know, some people are like, well, isn't, isn't that the same thing uh, for, for me, when I, when I differentiate those two things, um, breaking a tackle, uh, is, is physically being able to wrap up and still be able to run through it. Contact balances. There's a lot of times where there's a lot of things going on between the tackles where you're getting bumped, you're getting moved guys throwing shoulders on the sideline, got different things like that. And then be able to still keep your feet despite that. So that's where I, you know, it's, it's parsing it. I know that they're close, uh, but uh, he did have a better contact balance score than breaking a tackle score, which more lends itself to more powerful runners typically. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I make that same differentiation as well. And I was very high on his contact balance. He has the ability, you know, oftentimes when you make the elusive moves, you're still going to get hit. There's going to be some contact usually, mm-hmm. you know, on your shin or on your knee. And he had the ability for his leg to hit the ground at a weird angle and to keep moving forward. So that's mm-hmm. where that contact balance really comes into play. Um I, I agree as far as his power. It's better than some other guys in this class, like a Jameer Gibbs, and it's better mm-hmm. than, you know, a James Cook from last year, for instance. So yep. he's not going to be that pure has to run out of shotgun third down guy. I mean, he had 230 or 229 carries in 14 games last year. He's clearly shown he can carry the workload. And about half of those attempts were between the tackles. So he does have the ability to run between the tackles to an extent. Um Moving on to his receiving game. So his receiving numbers were quite good in college. Um, Nothing elite, but he was in about the 65th, 70th percentile as far as target share and yards per route run. I mentioned he had 880 receiving yards as a senior in high school. Um, He had 41 receptions over his uh, last two seasons in college, which is a solid number. Um, But a lot of it, as we know, is just has to do with the scheme in college. So. What did you see on tape in terms of his receiving ability? So for me, when, when I look at it more from a fantasy perspective, I've changed my outlook a little bit over the past couple of years to where it's more of a, can they do it or can they not do it? Uh, because we've seen guys like Josh Jacobs and, and Clyde Edwards, Alaire and different backs come out that their strength is their pass catching ability. And yet they're not used that way. But then yeah. you have guys like, in their rookie year, Jonathan Taylor and and James Robinson and guys like that, where you would not profile them as solid pass catchers, but yet they're used a ton in that capacity. So it's it's really coming down more so to scheme, fit, offense, what kind of quarterback they have. It's a guy that checks down a lot or takes off and runs. So for me, it's more of a can he do it or can he not? And then there is one more level where it's like, is he a weapon there? Right. 
you know, um, he, he, I don't know that I would quite put him as it being him being a weapon in the receiving game, although I wouldn't put it past him because one of the, one of the big things is, can you catch, uh, can, can you physically make catches? Like, are you fighting the football? Are you, yeah. is it natural for you? I do think it's fairly natural for him. And then what do you do with it when you're in the open field? You know, he doesn't run a lot of routes. A lot of his his uh, pass catching was screens and, and swing passes and things like that. So it, there's not a lot to really go off of there to know, like, is he a competent route runner down the field? But with his ability to make guys miss stop start ability, I think he easily could move from the he's good at it, he, he passes, to he's a weapon. But right now there's just not enough there to really know for sure. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, Spears only had three targets in his career, more than 10 yards past the line of scrimmage. Like you said, it was a lot of dump offs. I I agree with you. He wasn't fighting the football. There were a few throws that he wasn't able to bring in where the ball was a little bit extended out from his body. Um, But I think he's a totally capable pass catcher and his skills running the football in terms of his change of direction, lateral agility, those would all lend him to being quite good after the catch. So I agree. He can at least be proficient there. And if he does start his career as more of a third down weapon, I think he'll be good enough to be able to catch the ball and to play that role. Mm-hmm. Um, he's probably not, you know, going to be that elite receiving threat, at least to begin, just because he doesn't have the experience there. But like you said, you know, his his physical tools mean that he could grow into that role. I, I definitely wouldn't put it past him. Um, as far as pass blocking, I know it's not the sexy thing to talk about, but for a rookie, it's certainly, especially a rookie with potential, you know, third down capabilities, it does matter. What did you see as far as that goes? Meh. Yeah, it was, it was, it was fine. Um, you know, there, there were, there were times where he got, he would get squared up. Um, you know, you would see decent punch. He would diagnose where the blitzes were coming from. And then there were other times where, you know, he would get trucked. Uh, so yeah, it, it was, it was inconsistent. I, I think it's not to a point where I'm concerned about it, but I wouldn't necessarily call it a strength either. Yeah. I'm basically the same point. There were, I thought the diagnosis was quite good. There were a few times he went to the cut block a little bit too often, but mm-hmm. you know, I think he'll be fine there. I don't think it was uh, a terrible part of his game. That'll keep him off the field, uh, at yeah. this point. Um, anything else you noticed from his film that you want to point out before we get into some of his, uh, you know, player comps and team fits and things like that? No, I think we, I think we did a good job of, of hitting most of it. Um, we didn't touch a ton on his patience, but I think he's a pretty patient runner. Um, you mentioned it more so than I did. Uh, but his, his burst is better than his, his long speed. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think we hit all the, all the, all the major things. Yeah. And and the one thing that I wanted to add is that it's, it's, I like to view elusiveness in two levels. It's the first level elusiveness when you're getting through the hole and it's Mm -hmm. the second level when you get into open field. So a guy like Sean Tucker, for instance, in the open field, he was just running straight. He couldn't change direction. And it really drove me crazy given his track speed. Tajay Spears looks like Reggie Bush sometimes in the open field. He's got his head up. He's scanning. He can see, you know, there's two defenders off to the right, one defender to the left, and I got a blocker up there. I'm going to change my course and go that way. Um, That's just one strength of his that I think is going to lead to a lot of huge plays, even though he doesn't have that track star speed, just because he is very both elusive and has really good vision at that second level. Mm -hmm. Yep. 
Um, so moving on to some of his NFL comparisons, when I know none of these are perfect, but when you watch Spears, what types of players do you see? Yeah, I sometimes there's guys that just like pop out and you're like, oh yeah, that's a that's a great comp. And then there's other times where you're like, man, I, I struggle for comps. I, I don't have any that I that I love for Spears. I mentioned Dobbins earlier. Um, I think Dobbins, you know, is a little carried his weight a little bit more uh, than than Spears did, uh, but. I think he's in that ballpark uh, as far as players that I would kind of compare him to. Uh, but yeah, I, I struggled with him. There, there's times where they just come to mind right away and you're like, oh, you know, for me, like like Gibbs, I was like, oh, Jamal Charles, like it, like right away. Spears, I didn't really have anybody that I was like, oh, yeah, that's who that player is. All right, so I'll, I'll throw a few at you, and and I right, I, I both a uh, I both a film model and data model that really helps me with a lot of these projections. They you know, okay bunch of nerdy shit with correlations and whatnot. So, Love it. Unfortunately for Spears, my data model's number one comparison is Darwin Thompson. Um, yeah, so we're, we're gonna fly past that one because uh, yeah. I don't think that's accurate at all. Uh, number two for me was Lashawn McCoy. I could see that, you know, Shady was, he was a guy that made people miss. Um, and, and, and it's funny, you know, when we, we talk about in our nerd score, we have like kind of just like little player guides to help guide us when we're talking about elusiveness and the players that we put up there are like for like really good elusiveness, Barry Sanders, Reggie Bush and LaShawn McCoy. So, yeah. um, so yeah, I could totally see that. Yeah, and then the other guy that came up uh, pretty high in terms of both my numerical and film grade uh, was a slightly different player, was Daryl Henderson. Um, Interesting. Yeah, so the things that pop out in terms of their similarities there um, are especially their yards after contact per attempt, their elusive rating, and really the burst as far as the film score. I do Mm -hmm. think Henderson is a bit more of a downhill guy. Yeah, he's um, more of a guy. straight line guy. Yeah. Yeah. But it does give a little bit of hint into how Spears might be used in the NFL, at least initially, where he might be kind of like a one B in a rotation, handling, mm-hmm. you know, 10 to 12 carries a game rather than the full workload, at least to begin with. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Uh, and my last upside comp I have for you is uh, Tony Pollard. Okay. Tony Pollard, I could see. Um, another guy that's a little bit undersized. Uh, but but does some great things in the open field. So yeah, yeah, I could see that one. Yeah, and Tony Pollard was another guy who really flashed on tape as far as his receiving game went. But he uh, and he, you know, had a lot of receiving work in college, but wasn't necessarily used that way as soon as he got in the NFL. Um, but he's really been able to incorporate that, you know, fifteen to eighteen touch role into you know have putting together an RB one season last year. So that's another kind of upside comp I might see for a guy like Spears. Yeah, I like that. I like that. So looking at uh, looking at his running style and where he's projected in the draft, are there any teams that pop out just as, you know, the best possible fit for a guy like Spears? I would love Spears to go to the Rams. Uh, I think I think he would be oops, sorry about that. My alarm's going off. Uh, I, I think he would uh, I, I think he would be a great fit with McVeigh. I think they've been looking for somebody to be able to to do a little bit more in the receiving game they, they drafted uh Kyron last year and it, he he did his best but he's just he's not the athlete no. that Spears is um I think you know the only difference between the two is is Kyron Williams was a much better pass blocker uh than than Spears but but other than that I mean Spears is 
moderately to significantly better in almost every other area. So uh, I think he would be an absolutely fantastic fit there. Um, another one, if it was going to be more of a, you know, maybe a little bit more of a thunder and lightning, I'm thinking the Falcons could be a possibility. Oh, yeah. Uh, go with him in Algier. Uh, who showed a little bit last year, but I don't think anybody believes that he's truly their running back of the future. Um, so get more of like what uh, a bigger version of work done uh, over there. So uh, I think that would be another place that I, I would be real happy to see him go. Yeah, I really like those places. The Rams was one I hadn't thought of, but I, I really like it. I think he fits that scheme really well. Um, in terms of his pass blocking, I mean, a lot of time, a lot of the Rams passing plays are on play action anyways, where the blocking True. responsibility is, you know, slightly easier or at least different. So I think Spears would fit in quite well there. I think Kyron Williams probably isn't going to really be a good NFL player, maybe a special teams guy. So Spears yeah. would be a good complement to Akers. Um, bring a lot more explosiveness than especially the uh, post Achilles acres is brought. Absolutely. Um, one thing I do want to mention is given there are some red flags with Spears. And as we get into ranking him among the RB class and rookies in total, it's something I want to hit on that. Sure. My model is a lot lower on Spears than I am. And a lot of the community is, and that's because he has a torn ACL he is not in the power five and he's not in early declare. So he's going to, you know, be going into his age 22 season. And sure. these are kind of just check marks that you look at throughout the process. It doesn't mean he can't succeed, but it does mean that he's a slightly higher risk prospect. And despite sure. the fact that he really pops on tape, he's number five for me in terms of my tape rankings in this class, but my model has him significantly lower. And those are kind of the reasons that factor into that. Um, so moving into your running back rankings, where does he uh, stack up for now? All right. So you're going to have a hard time finding someone that is higher on Spears than I am. So currently, and I'm I'm committed to over the next couple of weeks, watching a significant more game amount of games on both him and Gibbs. But right now they have identical tape scores. Wow. Uh, him and Gibbs have identical identical tape scores for the running back two, three slot. So I'm, I'm a huge fan. I I really think when you look at some of the things that he can do and how NFL offenses are moving towards these faster, more explosive, more elusive players, he, he fits the bill for the, the, the way that the NFL offenses are moving the traditional, you know, power downhill back, they still have their place, but they're not nearly as utilized as they once were. So I really like Spears. I really like the things that he can do. And, yeah, he's going to either end up uh, tape score-wise. Now, this could change with draft capital, landing spot, all that kind of stuff. But tape score-wise, he's going to either end up as my RB2 or RB3. Wow. Yeah, and that is that is very high on him. I, I have him in – uh, a kind of a tier below that. So I have him in a tier that goes from RB4 to RB8. Um, okay. So I, I got Gibbs and Charbonnet both above him. I, I'm a big Charbonnet guy. I really like his upside as a potential yeah. bell cow guy. Um, I have I him have, at five. Okay. And I, and I have, I have Spears more in the range of a, of a Zach Evans and Devon Atchain. Um, I have him above uh, guys like Izzy Abanacanda, Kendra Miller, and Tank mm-hmm. Bigsby. So I, I have Spears probably similar to where the NFL seems to have him, where it looks like he's going to be the fifth or sixth running back off the board sometime in you know late, mid-day two. Um, mm-hmm. 
But personally, you know, I the RB4 spot in my rankings is wide open. And that guy is going to be a late round one uh, pick in terms of super flex rookie drafts, non-super flex, maybe might go as high as the 107, something like that. Sure. And if he goes, like you said, if he goes at 77th overall to the Rams, for instance, or 75th overall to the Falcons, I probably will have Spears in that RB4 slot. Um, I feel like I've said that on like half of these running back podcasts so far sure. just because it's so wide open, but I definitely see the upside for Spears as well. Um, and I think he could do it from day one because of his ability to just make these huge plays and he doesn't have any, you know, massive flaws in his game that would prevent him from seeing the field. Yeah, absolutely. He's, he's an exciting prospect, man. And it, the, the draft's going to be fun this year because there is a lot like, it's, I think it's pretty obvious Bijan's going to be the first running back off the board and yeah. probably significantly higher than anybody else. And then most believe it'll be Gibbs, but I'm not convinced it'll for sure be Gibbs. Like I think that it depends on what a team's looking for. Gibbs fills certain roles, but there are other guys that would be better fits for teams. So it'll be interesting to see how that all shakes out. And then once you get past there, though, I mean, it is – it is really wide open. You could yeah. see guys that we thought were going to go late round two, go in round four. We, I mean, it's it could be all over the map. So really curious to see how the NFL evaluates these guys. Yeah, I basically have like 13 running backs with a top four round score. Um, and a lot of those are within, you know, late round two to early round four score. So it's going to yep. be very difficult to see where these running backs end up. Personally, I think Gibbs is pretty locked in as the RB2. Like, I, I don't see a guy, uh, a team going at Chain or Spears, for instance, over a guy like Gibbs. I, I could see Charbonnet going over him just because he's mm -hmm. that different style back that you were referring to. Um, exactly. But after that, you're right. It's totally wide open. And I would not be shocked to see Spears go late round two because a team could easily fall in love with him. I mean, you see the Bengals at number 60, even a team like the giants at 57, where they got Saquon back on the tag. I could easily see them getting a guy like Spears, having him be the backup for a year to Saquon and then see what happens with the contract situation. Yeah, it's definitely, definitely in the realm of possibility. So I, uh, man draft draft time is so fun. I, I can't wait. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. Are you going to the draft? No, no, I'm not. But we're we have our uh, dynasty nerds retreat that weekend, uh, so we'll be all together hanging out, watching the draft. It should be pretty fun. That's awesome. That's a great time. All right, thanks so much for hopping on the podcast. Uh, before you leave again, you want to just give everyone. Uh, obviously, we know you can find you on Dynasty Nerds. Want to give everyone your Twitter and other info as well before we say goodbye. Yeah, if you try to find me anywhere else other than Twitter, you're probably going to be gravely disappointed. It'll just be <laughs> pictures of my girls and like once every like six months so you'll be pretty disappointed but you can find me on twitter uh at dynasty price awesome yeah i've been trying to get into the uh i i've been trying i've been being persuaded to get into the tiktok instagram sure. youtube game and I, I just can't do it i just it's gonna have to happen eventually i know that's where the world is going but I, i'm resisting as as much as i can at this point. i don't blame you man i don't blame you yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks so much for hopping on. Uh, this has been the Tajay Spears Prospect Preview. Uh, I think this is going to be Prospect Preview number 16 so far. Uh, we'll be continuously bringing them to you, probably one every day for the next few weeks up until the draft and then thereafter. Thanks so much for joining in and listening to the Dynasty Zoltan podcast, and we'll be back to you soon.